Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook live every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. North Liberty prides itself on being an open arms neighborhood. So when the Rural Welcoming Initiative began seeking communities focused on inclusion of immigrants and non-English speakers, the City of North Liberty submitted an application for the program and Micah Ariel James stepped in to facilitate. As the City of North Liberty's first outreach and equity coordinator, Micah led a staff of city employees, myself included, to launch North Liberty's first welcoming event, Neighbors and Flavors, and it was an experience the community will always remember. Micah is a community engagement specialist who develops, supports, and facilitates programs with an eye toward building communities that are welcoming, inclusive, and equitable. Micah has held roles in higher education and in the performing arts, where she managed arts-based initiatives centered on deepening campus and community learning, helping artists discover new approaches to creating meaningful engagement, and making the arts more accessible to all audiences. Today, Micah is going to chat with us about Neighbors and Flavors, the Rural Welcoming Initiative, and the process underwent to launch North Liberty's inaugural event. Welcome, Micah. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's so good to have you on again. You first joined us on the podcast during our February episode. So audience members, if you look in the archives on SoundCloud, you'll be able to find that February episode. And then you spoke with us at length about inclusion and your then new role with the city. It's been about 11 months since you've been in that role. So can you share some highlights and things that you've learned since being in this position? Absolutely. Yeah. So it has been a great 11 months. It's wild to think that it's almost a year now of developing relationships with folks in the community. And that's community members, that's members of the staff, that's some of our community leaders, nonprofit leaders as well, developing a relationship with those folks to get a better sense of what's going on in North Liberty and how can we help? What can we be doing differently? What can we be doing better? How can we support initiatives that are already in motion? So broadly, that has been the main focus of the last 11 months. You know, some of that has been building on initiatives that are already in progress or building on activities that are already in motion. One thing that the city hosts each week is a 55 plus connections lunch, and that is for seniors for $5. You can come hang out with seniors, get some food, fellowship. So that has been something that has been in existence for quite some time now. We did a nice sort of intergenerational version of it out at a park in June of this year with plans to continue doing events like that. So just thinking of that as something where there is a starting place and we can expand on it. You know, we did that one as a free event as well. So thinking of things like that that we can build on. One of the other things that we have done is focusing on youth 
So we're just about to launch our youth council program. We have been taking applications for that over the last several weeks, and the plan is to launch that in the coming weeks to announce our slate of youth counselors. That's a very exciting one because I think when a lot of folks think about underserved communities, they don't often think about youth in general, but that absolutely is a community that needs more service in general, needs more support, and that is ripe with talented individuals who are also interested in contributing to the community themselves. So it has been great to take in those applications, get a sense of some of the things that our youth are thinking about here in North Liberty, and knowing now that we can kind of harness that, support that, and put it into the work in the coming year. Another one is the Ranshaw House Project. If you've talked to me in the last, I don't know, 10 months, you've probably heard some mention of the Ranshaw House Project. The Ranshaw House is a home that the city owns. It was built in 1908, very large white house, basically across the parking lot from the community center that the city has owned since 2004 and has been refurbishing basically since then. And the plan now, I've taken it as sort of a baton pass here, the plan is to use that primarily as a space for various social service organizations based maybe in Cedar Rapids or Iowa City surrounding communities to come to North Liberty maybe once a month, a couple times a month for specific times, something like that, Mm -hmm. to provide accessible service to people who live in North Liberty. What a brilliant idea. And it sounds a lot like kind of the merge space in Iowa City, except Mm -hmm. the focus is going to be social services. And to be right next to the community center is so wonderful, too. And what I also liked, and I know that the library is very, very excited about the Youth Council, Mm -hmm. because as you say, people typically don't think of the youth as an underserved population. But Speaking as a librarian, and I think I can speak safely for my colleagues in the library, almost all of our programming is geared towards K through 12 age group. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes of the Youth Council as well. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to hearing more, you know, like I said, got some of those answers through their applications, but hearing more about the things that are exciting them currently, the things that are driving the youth currently, the things that they say, these are important issues that we need to address right now, because that's where we want to come alongside them, support those efforts, and make amazing things happen. So exciting, and so much done in less than a year. Absolutely. (laughs) How wonderful. Well, now, let's chat about one of those projects, the work that you've been working on with the Rural Welcoming Initiative. I mentioned them at the top, but I was wondering if you could share with the audience a bit about how that partnership came to be. So, the Rural Welcoming Initiative is a program operated by an organization called Welcoming America, which is a nonprofit organization that supports efforts by communities to be more welcoming and inclusive for immigrants and refugees. And so the Rural Welcoming Initiative, which North Liberty is a part of, as you mentioned, is specifically targeted toward communities with populations of 50,000 or fewer. So we are one of 12 communities who are a part of this year's cohort. And it's been sort of a learning cohort where we have opportunities throughout the year to gather both virtually and in person with other sites who are part of the Rural Welcoming Initiative to talk about what it means to be inclusive specifically to immigrants and refugees, to talk about new ways that we might approach 
connecting with members of our community who are immigrants and refugees, and to think sort of long-term about plans that we can have, that we can put into place in order to be able to be more welcoming in a long-term sense, that it isn't just a one-off, we did a thing, now we've done a thing. That tends to happen sometimes. I don't think that happens very often here in North Liberty, but a lot of organizations and communities may have like their own diversity event. I use that with quotes for the audience that can't see, and they call it one and done. What I've noticed about City of North Liberty, and I know I'm biased, we both are employees of City of North Liberty, but I can say with certainty, just on the library side, we have gone out of our way to really be inclusive. And the passion that you have for inclusion and diversity, we can absolutely see that this is something that could possibly be an annual event. Is that the vision for the RWI and the welcoming event? Absolutely. So, you know, the very reason that my position exists points to the city's commitment to this kind of work. I'm sure I mentioned in the previous episode, this position was brand new when I began in November of last year with the city having identified there needs to be someone who is focused on this sort of work in a full-time capacity. So it's not always intentional when communities drop (laughs) programs like this and, you know, they do one thing and then say, we've done the thing and check it off the list. list. Exactly. It's not always intentional. Sometimes it's for busyness or because there just really isn't someone who is dedicated to focusing on this. So because I have this position, because this position exists here, it is my goal to maintain those sorts of relationships with community members and to be able to continue initiatives. And not necessarily that it's the exact same event that we would continue from year to year. It might be, but more so that those relationships are maintained and each year represents growth in the development of those relationships and the strength of that community. I don't know if we said in particular, I think you might have mentioned it at the top, but Neighbors and Flavors is the event that we did. So that event, which we did on September 18th, was a brand new event. And, you know, it was something where we brought together local vendors serving international cuisine. We had a band there performing. Yes, that really added to the flavor and having the live music there, Mm -hmm. having it on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. I think it just really lent to a mood just being there for the time that I was there and also being a part of the planning committee, which you led just so fabulously, might I add, that just the whole vibe and just seeing the culmination of the planning work that we've done over the past months become this event. What are some of the things you're hearing from the community? I know it's only at recording time, audience, this is the day after, so you're listening to this probably a week out, but what have you heard from folks in the community or within the city so far about how they felt about the event? Very positive responses. The vendors who we brought in, they were very enthusiastic about the response that they were getting from the members of the community who were connecting with them. As I was talking to members of the community who were in attendance at the event, they were like, oh, oh my gosh, that food was amazing. I've never had that before. That tasted great. People were loving the music. We also had a number of community partners there present with us, community partners whose work includes service in particular to immigrant and refugee communities, among the other things that they do. And they had a great time connecting with folks who are interested in this kind of work and have all expressed interest in, you know, keep us in mind for other opportunities. And so it was an important step in this work that we're doing specifically for immigrants and refugees who live in and around our community. And we can only grow from here. I completely agree. And again, I just feel like the event itself was just something that this community absolutely 
absolutely needed. Now, with that event kind of being a stepping stone for additional outreach, as you mentioned, to immigrant communities within North Liberty, how does the city plan to expand on that effort? I'm sure they've given you a thousand percent backing for the efforts you have. How do your efforts align with those of the city? One area of focus that I would say is a huge part of the next steps that we plan to take with our work for immigrants is thinking about language access. These are conversations that have already been in progress within the library, within other spheres here in North Liberty, but it is really important to make sure that people who are in our community are welcome, not just by the fact that we have welcoming signs or that we have events that should feel accessible, but also by being able to take in information in the language that they would like to take it in through. And so that comes down to identifying the most commonly spoken languages in our community. That comes down to making sure that materials that we have are available in the most commonly spoken languages in this community, being able to have folks on call so that when there are moments where there needs to be interpretation or translation on short notice that we can get access to that. And so that is one of the things that I'm working on, as you said, with the support of the city to be able to build capacity for that so we can be as accessible of a community as possible. As a librarian, that is the top tier of what we believe in accessibility for everyone. I was happy to be a part of the event on behalf of the library to introduce Unite for Literacy, which is a bilingual reading app that is absolutely free to all residents of North Liberty. And it's wonderful because those are the types of initiatives when we talk about access, whether it's digital or language, that I feel that is our responsibility to provide. So I really like getting in front of those language barriers and making that a primary focus for your work moving forward is fantastic. It's about working together as a community, as a staff. You know, this particular program, the Rural Welcoming Initiative, is something that our colleague Angie McConville applied for just before I started. And so I used Baton Pass earlier. That felt like that as well, so that when I was starting, that was the Baton Pass that I got there to move that forward. Our colleague Zach from Recreation was also a part of our planning team for this. And so we've got all of these different sort of departments that are contributing to the development of this kind of work. So there's a lot of work to do. There are a lot of dedicated people. So we will continue to make some very cool things happen. Sounds good. Well, Micah, it is always a pleasure speaking with you. So glad to have you back on the podcast. I'm sure it won't be the last time. But if you could tell us where our listeners can learn more about you and your work with the City of North Liberty, as well as the Rural Welcoming Initiative. Even though at this point, Welcoming Week has concluded, this event was a part of Welcoming Week, you can visit welcomingweek.org to learn more more about the program sort of on the national scale to get a sense of what North Liberty has been a part of over the course of this year and to keep an eye on other opportunities to provide support for immigrants and refugees in our community. Awesome. We will put all those links in the show notes for our listeners. This is Kelly and this has been Love, Light and Lit, the podcast presented by the North Liberty Library. Today we talked with Micah Ariel James about the Rural Welcoming Initiative and the city's plans to continue its immigrant outreach and beyond. Check us out on the show notes from today's episode to find out more about Micah's work and resources. Thank you, Micah, for joining us again. And also, please visit our website at northlibertylibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thanks for listening.